0: in the footsteps of Jesus, from down under. This is Nick Krita, your host. I'm very happy to be with you again, and please stay with us, because you are going to hear an amazing story. My guest today is Sir David Butcher.
1: Hi Nick, how are you?
0: Good, thanks. David, welcome to our program.
1: Thank you.
0: We are so glad that you could make a bit of time out of your busy schedule. Come and share with us a bit of your journey, your walk with Jesus. But just before we do that, you are currently the president of South Australia Conference of Seventh-day Adventist Church, is that right? That's correct, yes. What that involves, David?
1: I'm still learning what it involves, Nick. Um, Yeah, look, essentially, uh, I guess I coordinate the work of the Seventh-day Adventist Church in South Australia. That includes our churches, our pastors, and our schools. Where have you been before you
0: come to Adelaide?
1: I was just checking something the other day. I had to list off the number of places I've lived in the last 10 years. And in essence, it's about nine different houses in 10 years. Oh. So, so look, I am a, a Victorian, grew up in Melbourne, lived uh, the first 24 years of my life there. I met a girl in Adelaide and things changed and I moved to Adelaide and uh, we got married and lived in Adelaide for four years and then moved to New South Wales for four years and then to Victoria for 12 years and now I'm back in South Australia. Which so so
0: do the maths. You have some uh, very serious attachment to South Australia, is that right? I mean you mentioned about meeting your wife. Yeah, yeah, that right. Right.
1: yeah so that is a serious attachment, that's true.
0: <laughs> David, um, in your work, caring about the Seventh-day Adventist Church here in South Australia, you meet lots of people, you know how people experience, they walk mm. with God because they may share with you, but today I would like to hear your story. Would you be able to tell us? But just before that, if you'd like to share a little bit more about to your background mm. and just tell us how did you
1: met God? Okay, thank you. Yeah, love to. I was blessed to grow up in a, in a Christian home, a Seventh-day Adventist Christian home, and uh, my, fa- <clears throat> my father was a first-generation Seventh-day Adventist, and he had um, basically... He, he went through the whole Catholic school system, and one Friday night, he... Um, well, it was a Saturday morning, essentially. Saturday morning, he gets up, he goes to his letterbox or goes out the front gate, and the night before... Some young people, it had ended up being, had jammed a whole stack, a whole wad of uh, flyers advertising a prophecy program run by Seventh-day Adventists in his letterbox. So it wasn't just one flyer, it was just like a couple of centimetres thick of flyers. And what had actually happened, they had an evangelist coming into to this area of Melbourne. The programs were starting the next day, the Saturday. And the Friday night, they obviously had thousands of excess flyers they wanted to get out. And I imagine that someone late Friday night didn't want to do any more letterboxing and just put a whole stack in his letterbox. Well, God worked through that. And uh, my father, before I was born, he, he went to these programs, uh, gave his heart to God, and ever since then he was touched by literature ministry. And because it was it was a it was literature that that I guess convicted him and brought him in. It was a vehicle and uh, when he became a Seventh day Adventist he became a a Bible bookseller, a a coal porter or a literature evangelist, door-to-door selling uh, literature to people in in the community and he did that for about 35 years and um, was also a lay pastor, if you like, did lay preaching and so that's the sort of environment I grew up in
0: which uh, again shows us how important is the written word, I mean the mm. Bible first of all, but also some other books which can uh, introduce us to, uh, to God. As we do a program like a radio and television and you know, internet mm. these days, uh, people are able to check in you know, via different uh, means you know, to know God more. What impacted you personally and when to walk in the footsteps of Jesus
1: yeah that's an interesting question so my mother was a um, when she met my father my father wasn't an Adventist or he'd just become an Adventist actually she grew up in an Adventist home and uh, so when I was born I'm the middle of three children when I was born it was an Adventist home an Adventist upbringing we went to church every Saturday Uh, we did morning and evening worship Uh, I was involved in in youth programs in the church. We were involved in in pathfinders, a bit like scouts, uh, when I was younger, and even younger programs. So we were heavily involved in the church. I went through Christian schools, and um, so I guess I was immersed in in a Christian upbringing and in an Adventist home. So to answer your question, all the ingredients were there. I was immersed in everything. But it wasn't until probably my early twenties, where and mid twenties really, when I guess Jesus became really real for me.
0: Was that a particular uh, time, or it was something specific?
1: Yes, yeah, so it was. So thanks for the question. I'll, I'll backtrack a little bit. Growing up in, in a Christian home, heavily involved in Christian activities, doesn't make you a Christian. Mm-hmm. And um, my father left an incredible legacy. He was a wonderful Christian man, my mum, absolutely. And, but you can have all of those things, but you can have all the head knowledge, but if it hasn't gone through to your heart, then you really don't have a lot. And I would be at church every week but Jesus wasn't really in my life. And probably through some of my, some of my latter teen years, uh, I guess I was talking the talk, but my actions weren't demonstrating a Christian mm. behaviour. Not, not that many people would have known that. Mm. And um, I guess for me, looking back, the key turning point for me would have been um, my best friend. Uh, he passed away and went through a, a painful journey of, of two years. He had a brain tumour and he was my cousin. And uh, he was essentially closer to me than my brother. We were 11, 11 months apart in age and uh, we did everything together. You know, we went to school together, we spent our, our Sabbaths together, the Saturday, our worship day. Uh, we had Saturday nights together, uh, we spent time Every day after school, in the middle of Melbourne, running amok, um Before we went our separate ways, where he lived and where I lived, we spent uh, we went camping together. I employed him in a business I was working in. So, so we had this sort of sixth sense uh, between the two of us, and and um, we're almost joint at the hip. Well, he was uh, diagnosed with with a brain tumour. He was an only child, and. Um, from when he was diagnosed to when he died, there was a two year period and journeying with him on that on that 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 journey really challenged me in my faith, because he was i um, I was actually living in Adelaide at the time working for r m Williams I was a buyer in the head office, and life was really good. he was my cousin, my best friend besides my wife and he was dying had really nothing earthly to live for yet had incredible hope and incredible peace wow. and watching him uh, journey to his rest in death and the faith that he had really sort of um, was a key factor and I, I you know I'd already given my heart to Jesus prior to that but watching his journey really sort of shook me up and made me reevaluate where I was at in life mm-hmm
0: this is a very sensible uh, time you know for uh, for you and for us when we are uh, when we encounter some situation in our life mm. and it's not until we are uh, affected in a way or the other to really consider our journey our walk on this uh, earth but before um, uh, we go further i would like to ask you why do you think we take things so on a routinely basis as we, we're just cruising along, even if we are Christians, why do you reckon Christian in
1: this time they have that kind of attitude Probably a number of things. I think that we we become comfortable with knowledge, Christian knowledge, we become comfortable with ritual and form and practice mm-hmm. you know we we may go to church we may attend small groups and that makes us feel good we may be busy in the church and that makes us feel even better because we think we're doing good things
2: mm-hmm.
1: but the one thing that no one really sees although evidently it ultimately it does show is they don't see whether we've spent time with jesus mm. and I think often as, as human beings we're caught up in a performance cycle and we, are, we do rather than be. So, wow. yeah, I think those are factors. I think ultimately people's priorities.
0: And that brings to memory a story of the young ruler in time of Jesus when he thought that he is doing the right things but he was not able to connect with Jesus and to walk with jesus Mm. is that an amazing example actually
1: absolutely i I mean one of the the most challenging passages of scripture for me is where jesus tells the story of all these people that that say look we did we we cast out demons in your name we did this we did this we did this we've healed people in your name and then he says go away i never knew you depart Mm. from me Mm. so we can be doing everything for god for the church but not being in a relationship with Jesus. Mm. And that takes time. Mm. And I think time is what in our Western society we're poor of. We, mm. we don't make, I, I guess, our priorities. Yes. Now, uh, you
0: been baptized before that uh, encounter with, uh, with God through, mm-hmm. through the sickness of your cousin. But uh, we learned that uh, we need to be born again,
1: mm. actually, every day. On a daily basis, absolutely. So yeah, I was baptized when I was 13 and um, God really worked on my heart. But I guess God didn't leave me, but I I wandered from God. And I guess the key factor, I guess, for me that I can look back on was my cousin and his journey and his faith. Mm.
0: Mm. Pastor David, just continuing with your uh, walk with Jesus what would you like to to share with our viewers our listeners in regard to your story but also mm. do you have an order a word of encouragement or something which you like to share
1: i guess essentially you know what are you doing with your life what are the things that really matter mm. a- and are you making those a priority you know I, as I look around and as I meet with people, both in my former employment and, and as a minister now, people plan their lives. They have insurance on just about everything, many people mm. their houses, their cars, their properties, their investments, their income. They have their superannuation all worked out, their retirement all worked out, but God's not worked out. Mm. And so, for me, it would be about just being real with God, getting your priorities right, and actually learning to fall in love with Jesus and starting every day with Jesus.
0: And I I believe that's not very easy to happen. And we need to be very um, intentional. We need to be considerate. And uh, I like also, just recently, you shared something with a church about the importance of prayer. The need of prayer in our life to start to put things right in our life. What would you like to say about prayer? Because I really enjoy that uh, sharing.
1: Often, I think, as Christians, we don't really appreciate the gift of prayer that God has given us. Mm. We make it of little significance. We begin meetings and programs with prayer. We end them with prayer. And in some ways that pushes prayer into some distant point. Um, and it makes it seem not essential. Uh, whereas prayer is, was the, the backbone and the foundation of the Christian church. In fact, as you read the book of Acts, corporate prayer, praying together, is, is of far greater significance than individual prayer. Now, God wants us to do both. He wants mm. us to be praying to him one-on-one. But the church was birthed in a prayer meeting. The church was birthed in prayer. And from my own journey, uh, my father, uh, and as I grew older, looking back at my father's legacy, I've been really blessed. Uh, He passed away three or four years ago, four years ago. But watching my father as a child, you know, there'd be at nighttime I might walk into his room and there he would be kneeling by his bed with a lamp on, praying. In the morning, he'd be doing the same thing. And then in the morning, he would spend considerable time, at least an hour every day, uh, over his Bible and over other uh, books that he was reading. And and he would underline, he would take notes. And Jesus was an integral part and the first part and the last part of every day, but also throughout the day. And so for me, that's been a model that has been given to me. But like anyone else that model i have to adopt i have to accept it mm-hmm. and, and so we need to prioritize we need to make those decisions ourselves to put jesus first
0: mm. and as you refer to the acts of uh, the apostles i think the 10 days upper room it's a significant experience mm-hmm. because from there actually was the birth of the church yeah. and uh, it's important for us to come together to unite together, to connect with each other, to live aside all our differences. Mm. We are all individual people, mm. but we need to have that connection because Jesus is our uh, Lord, the head of the church. It's amazing, I, and I really appreciate that time when you share about the need of prayer. By the way, we're doing here in Adelaide, um, we're just starting a ministry mm. about prayer in the morning before we go to work.
1: Fantastic.
0: Called, uh, let's pray to start the day. Mm. Or why not to pray to start the day? Mm. I don't believe it's uh, very important. Personally, I experienced already uh, some amazing things. Just going every morning to the church, have a short prayer or spend a bit of Mm. time with God, and after that uh, to hit the the busyness of the day.
1: And and I think we have so much to learn that God wants to teach us, Mm. and prayer is a big part of that.
0: Mm. David, thank you very much for uh, coming with us today and um, we appreciate this time together and uh, I wish you God's blessings as you are involved with uh, taking care of all the needs of South Australia Church, Seventh-day Adventist Church and I wish yourself and your family all the best and God bless you, God to lead you and to direct you in the right way to be able to lead this church Mm -hmm. here in uh, South Australia thank you very much for being with us thank you Nick and just before I will close this segment I would like to invite you these listeners and viewers to consider uh, right now that you may need to put your life in Jesus' hand Mm -hmm. and for those people who live in Adelaide if you like to join us in the morning for the prayer you are very welcome keep on eye on us and we'll uh, bring more information to you in regard to this ministry god bless thank you very much see you next time thank you
2: to do though some know me well still nobody knows me like you all of my secrets to you I tell you saw each time that I slipped and fell and all of my Yes, you know them well, but you've never turned me away. Nobody knows me like you. You put your arms around me, you bring me through. And there's many times I don't know what to do. Though some know me well, still nobody knows me like you. Walking in your presence is where I want to be You said in your word, you said that you would lead me Yes, I love you, oh, I really love you I'll go anywhere, as long as I know you'll be there Those nights that I was afraid I stood on the promises you had made The way that I act, sometimes I am ashamed But you never turned me away, no, no, no Nobody knows me like you You put your arms around me, you bring me through And there's many times I don't know what to do some know me well Still nobody knows me like you Nobody knows me Nobody knows me like you You put your arms around me You bring me through And there's many times I don't know what to do Though some know me well Still nobody knows me like you Though some know me well Still nobody knows me like you Though some know me well, still nobody knows me like. When they're too weak to try, he feels their pain, he knows their shame, he cries with those who cry. He won't give up or walk away when other people do. Cause God He'd rather die than let them go. Cause God loves people more than anything. God loves the wounded who've stumbled into sin. He reaches down. die than let them go, cause God loves people more than anything. More than anything, He wants us to go and show the world so they will know that God